This is Mastering College to Career, and you are listening to How to Get a Job, College Student Edition, a podcast for international students and graduates looking for unique insights and strategies from industry thought leaders. So welcome back. Um, On this week's episode, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. So Daniel, I've been working for you for a little over a year now. And for those of you that don't know, my name is Olivia Wobski. I'm the man behind the scenes of the podcast. I'm editing and posting and doing everything and whatnot, but enough about me. Daniel, I noticed one thing the other day, you've had all of these solo episodes, but you have never been your own guest on your own podcast. So I think we're going to change things up this week. And I'm going to be interviewing you. I love it. Olivia, (laughs) yes, let's do this. By the way, I know I'm not going to hijack this episode, but let's give Olivia some love. She is the woman, not the man, the woman (laughs) behind the podcast. Oh, my goodness. She's going to make sure that it is running amazing and you guys get the episodes and then when I get lazy and not record them she's like Daniel I need episodes so (laughs) oh my goodness okay so tell us about your come up uh, who you are what you do for the people that need a refresher yeah so um I'm originally from Colombia Medellin Colombia in South America I I like to tell this story in a sense of like, I was born in a kind of wealthier family in Colombia. My family had a a really good family business. It was, you know, come from a a really well-known family. Um, My dad used to be the manager of the, like the CEO kind of like of of the business. And what happened was that uh, when I was three years old, my father passed away from pancreatitis. Um, Five years after that, the business went bankrupt. And my mom went from never working a day in her life to says, okay, what do we do now? Since my dad didn't really think he was going to die so young, uh, there's no more, the the company went bankrupt. The family doesn't have any more money. I can't, she can't afford for private school. Uh, Public education in Colombia is not the best. So she and I, she grabbed two suitcases and $2,000 and we moved to America when I was in 1999, just to pursuit of the, of American dream. My mom went from being a stay-at-home mom, going to the country club with her friends, to working seven days a week at a even less than a minimum wage job, right? And that to me was the motivation because I essentially grew up with money, lost it all, right? And was able to really from eight to 18, as I grew up, really was living on my mom's paycheck, which she was making less than $2,000 a month. Um, and so I was able to experience kind of like both sides, right, from the private school and the country club to not living in the base neighborhoods, uh, being essentially raised by myself because my mom works seven days a week and understanding that she sacrificed everything and hearing these aspirational stories of what my dad is as a business person and how he was able to take care of so many people. And so I grew up with this like motivation and drive to one get my, me and my family back to where we were in a sense, but two, to ensure that all the sacrifices that my mom made was worth it, right? And that we lived up to the American dream. And so um, my whole life, um, I always wanted to just do something great with it. I didn't know what, I don't know how, but I wanted to do something great. And when I talk about um, what I thought my whole life was about getting the American dream, I thought that college was the best route. So then that's what I did. Um, and then I ended up going to the University of Central Florida. I double majored in marketing and management, 
Um, and then when I graduated, one thing that I was really good at was networking. And that led to me having uh, multiple job offers, right? Uh, which then led uh, to working at PepsiCo um, as a district manager. I then got involved with campus recruitment, you know, started leading, uh, started really helping people get jobs into PepsiCo, doing as a hiring manager, doing interviews, as a recruiter, going to the info sessions, leading info sessions and going to the career fair. And really, that's when I fell in love with helping people get jobs. Um, I started doing public speaking. Uh, fast forward, and uh, four years ago, I decided to leave my amazing job at PepsiCo, which I loved, and decided to start mastering college to career. And now that's where we are now, right? So four years later, I've been doing this full time. We help about 200, uh, for, like, for, originally was we're helping first generation minority students and international students. And in 2022, we solely now focus on helping international STEM students uh, land their dream job. Yes. So for those of you guys that don't know, this podcast is also going to market towards international STEM students. What was your decision switching from first generation to this specific uh, genre of students? Well, it's similar to why when you try to apply to every single company, you can't be the ideal candidate for every single company. Mm -hmm. As a career coach, when I started this nine years ago, there's so many career coaches out there, right? And it would be impossible for me to try to be the best career coach for everybody, right? And, and if you think about like, like this, like I, I guess the best example that I can give you to even bring it back is mm -hmm. um, who's who, essentially who's a more successful doctor, a specialist who is especially like is a heart surgeon, right? Who specializes in only doing surgery for the heart or a primary doctor, right? And what's more expensive or ultimately what's ultimately has a, a, a adds more value and saves more lives, right? Oh, yes. So from all aspects of it, the, the heart surgeon does, right? And so I felt as a career coach, I was the commodity. I was just kind of like a primary doctor. I was just like trying to solve everybody's issue, but couldn't really dive into a particular problem because there was too many issues to solve. Mm. But when I think about me solving, like who needs to help the most and where are they going through the biggest pain and the biggest obstacles to get jobs? It came to the conclusion time after time that even when I look back, when my, my program was open to everybody, 70% of our clients were international STEM students. Mm -hmm. So, but my program wasn't built for them. So what I decided to do was to say, okay, what if I only help international STEM students? Can I now build a program that solves all the problems that they deal with, right? Can we have an immigration expert, right? Can we have technical assessment support? Can we focus on those? And then that's what we did. So now, instead of just saying, oh, Daniel is a career coach. No, I'm more like a heart surgeon. I specifically solved this issue and that's international STEM students. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to go uh, back to your past a little bit. Is that where you get such a strong work ethic, seeing your mother raise you guys and work so many hours? And uh, that's how you are able to put so much work into helping over 200 kids. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I, there's no excuse. Like, I grew up with my mom work, going from not working a day. Think about, like, you never work a day in your life, didn't go to college, didn't do anything. And she worked seven, seven days in a row or seven days a week for 15 years in a row. 
Like she didn't get vacation. She didn't have paid time off. Like my mom and I were illegal for nine years. Right. So we were, she was working under the table. Like, yeah. Like no, no matter how hard I work, I can never work as hard as her. So after you switched to specifically working with international STEM students, did you find that you had to work harder because STEM is such a highly specialized field of work? I would say even work less because I stopped trying to solve everybody's problem. Mm. And I only have to focus one problem, right? The problem that international STEM students face. Just like, like, would you rather get surgery from someone who's going to do their first surgery and it's going to take them four hours? Or by a doctor who's done 200 surgeries a year, and it takes him 15 minutes to do the same surgery. Mm. Which one would you rather do? And which one would you be willing more to put your life on the line on? You used to do it alone. Um, I know you introduced me for the podcast. Do you have anybody else working for you? Yeah. So now like the team has grown because of the ability to help more and more people. Because if, if I did this alone, I would honestly be only be able to help maybe 50 people a year, right? Like it just would be a much, much lower number. So what we do is that we now have about six people that work kind of full-time with us. And then we have some career coaches, some recruiters that do some freelancing, some technical interview people that helps us with technical interviews. We have an immigration expert that does some some, uh, freelance work for us. So the team is now more like around eight to nine people, um, even sometimes 10 people, but it's just depending on really the need of the process. But we have a client success team. Half of our team works in client success, which is making sure that our clients, we deliver the results to the clients that they join the program for. And then uh, we have a couple of people that help uh, with our marketing and just managing just the sales part of the, the program. Everybody who listens knows that the most important part of the job searching process is networking. So what made you primarily focus on teaching your clients how to network versus resumes or how to act during interviews? Have you ever seen a class in college called networking? That's why, right? Like networking is something that everybody needs, no matter what major you are, yet it's not taught in school. There's a science, but there's an art to it, right? I'm a firm believer that the best way for you to achieve any goal is to learn by someone who's done it, right? And no one, to add to that, no one does anything great alone, Olivia, right? Which means that if you want to accomplish something, the best way for you to do it is to find someone who's done it and ask them for help because they're most likely will help you do it. Right. And the way is how you ask that. And so that's why I think networking is is your shortcut to life, like uh, and your ability to learn things faster and execute things faster and be able to generate results faster because of the relationships you have built. And so I think teaching people how to build genuine relationships, not transactional, but like relationships where like it's mutual beneficial, because if it's not mutual beneficial, there's no long term relationship. Even when you think about their relationship with your parents, like there is mutual beneficial. You bring them joy. They're, they're proud of you, right? So they're willing to invest time, their resources, everything to make sure you're successful. But how do you cultivate those relationships with strangers? And that's what networking is and building those relationships and finding ways to create win-win situations. Yeah, I think that's my uh, favorite thing I've learned working on this podcast. Probably at least 20 people have said this. It's not that difficult to reach out to people in higher positions in the field that you want to work. My favorite thing is that some people will say, people reach out to me all the time and I have no problem getting back to them. So 
let's move it five years in the past. I don't know why I was so scared to reach out to these people because now that I'm in the position to help people, I will do it without question. But yeah. back then I was so scared to ask people for help. And people say it all the time. And all the time. It's so cool. Like, right. If I, if I were to ask, and I do this all the time right, with, with my team, mm-hmm. um, if a high school student reached out to you asking you for some advice about college, mm-hmm. would you give them the time? Absolutely. Right. So yeah. why wouldn't you, why wouldn't a professional that has your dream job give you the time? Because at one point they were in your shoes. Like they weren't born a data analyst. They weren't born mm-hmm. a podcast producer. They weren't born that. So why wouldn't they? So to your point. Yeah. And I think we just need to remember that at the end of the day, we're humans and they're humans. And like, you weren't born that way. You are built that way. Like you learned to be that way. Mm-hmm. And it really does work. I mean, I got the this podcast job by networking and it was yeah. someone that I had never even talked to. And I just uh, entered her DMs one day and I was like, hey, how are you? I'm blah, blah, blah. And I mean, it was a reach and I was scared at first, but it paid off and I'm about ready to graduate. And I know what I want to do when I get older. And that was something I didn't know when I had reached out to her. And I'm very happy that I did. Awesome. Well, you've been in the game for quite some time, so I thought I would give you a quick pop quiz about the things that you teach. So what is the main difference between hiring managers and recruiters? Oh, I love it. Hiring managers is the manager of the department, right? So they're like the senior like data scientists. They are like the senior accountant, while the recruiter generally work for HR and their job is just to filter applications to then hand to the hiring manager. And which one? would you suggest that your mentees reach out to first? Uh, Hiring managers all day long because one, they get less messages because most people go to the recruiter. Two, you're most likely to have more in common with the hiring manager because they probably went to the same major as you. And three, they're the ultimate decision maker, not the recruiter. That is great advice. And what are the five aspects that make up mastering college to career? So number one is clarity. because nothing happens unless you have a direction. So clarity. Number two is visibility, right? It's really important to get visibility. Visibility is more important than ability. Number three is networking, right? Uh, number four is interviewing. And number five is financial freedom or salary negotiation. Boom. Perfect. And name 10 companies that your mastering college to career mentees have gotten jobs at after graduating. I mean, just name all the Fortune 500 companies, the Googles, the Apples, the Teslas, mm-hmm. the Microsoft, the Salesforce, the Tableau, um, the GM, EY, Deloitte, Amazon. There yes, is. there's so many. I even wrote down 10 and they are none of the 10 that you even listed. And this has been lovely talking to you. We're coming to the end of the episode. And like every uh, interview that I give for my journalism degree, I would like to ask you this final question. What would you say to someone teetering on the edge of joining Mastering College 2 career? I would say you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Because if you join our program and within the first 30 days, you don't think this is the right fit, uh, we would refund you your deposit so that you have nothing to lose. But on the other side of it, you have everything to gain. You have the career of your dreams to gain. You have a company that's willing to sponsor you to gain. You have a community of of like-minded, supported people to gain. And you have a mentor and a friend for life to gain. All right. Well, thank you for letting me do this, for letting me edit it and post it and whatnot. I really enjoy doing this.
No, I need to thank you because you're awesome. And I love the work and I'm going to miss you when you uh, graduate. And I'm so happy and proud of you at the same time. <laughs> well, thanks for having us. We will see you guys next week. See you later. You've been listening to How to Get a Job College Student Edition. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. If you use Apple Podcast, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating of the show. And if you're listening through Spotify, give us a quick follow to ensure you never miss an episode. And we will catch you guys next week.